0: Miller and Condon. Ken Miller. Oh Mama. Trent Condon. Four. This is Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station. 106.3 KXNO. All right, good morning, everybody. Welcome to Miller and Condon on a Wednesday, Des Moines Sports Station. 106.3 KXNO. Trent Condon. Ken Miller here for the next two hours talking sports. With you, appreciate you uh, giving us some of your time here today. BMW Des Moines guest list shapes up like this. We're going to start with an NFL with a couple of our regional NFL guests. Uh, we'll even though the uh, Chiefs are in the bye, we don't have Mitch today, but we have Nick Athen from ChiefsBlitz.com. Uh, First half and into the second half, we'll do that with uh, Nick. Dave Sinekin, as the Packers found a way to win a football game, they head to Pittsburgh this week to take on the playoff bound, at least at this point, Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, 11-45, Scott Dockerman wants the Iowa media. They have a Zoom with a, a... One of the assistant coaches this morning, I believe. So once that comes to an end, Doc will join us about 11.45. Recap Chicago preview of this week's game against Rutgers. 2.30 for that one. Uh, Hour number two, Alex Bussey on the Cyclones. uh, Both football and basketball with Alec. And then David Kaplan, which should be fun, talking to Cappy about all things Chicago sports coming up at 12.30. Course, the Craig Council move uh, from a couple of days ago probably front and center before Trent gives us his plays of the day. What we're we we do not have Bears, Panthers top and center with Cappy today. Well, I guess we could. If you by the way, have you looked at the air quote primetime games this week? Hideous, what a load of woof, including the one you just mentioned. Mm-hmm. Throw in the Sunday morning standalone in Germany, right where that game belongs and it shouldn't be televised, <laughs> Colts, Patriots. Then at the end of the day, we'll cap our weekend with Jets-Raiders while waiting for Monday night's tilt between the Broncos and the Bills. I guess if you had to pick one, it would be that one by default. But boy, oh boy, the whole week is awful. Have you looked at the week? Outside of what? 49ers and Jaguars could be decent. That's the closest we have to a
1: five-star game. And if you want to put that one a five, I don't think there is a four. Browns I really at Ravens? Mm-hmm. Texans at Bengals is intriguing, but not must watch. No, nope. no, nope. and it's a team in yeah Houston last week, great comeback. CJ Stroud yep. putting up the numbers. We we'll lost the Panthers the week before, right? <laughs> Yeah, I just
0: it's a, it's a look at. Are you going to watch? Of course we are. Yeah, yeah, right, <laughs> of course we are. Will we bet you about it leading up to it. Yeah, probably <laughs> yeah, maybe another time talking. or two. But uh, anyways, uh, it's football, and yes, we will watch. It's King after all, uh, but we're going to start with basketball. So I did not buy the Big Ten Plus network, so I didn't see a minute of action other than following it on Twitter mm-hmm. and ESPN.com. I took the night off last night. You did. I did. I watched. The college football playoff show until 6.30, and by the way, that is way too long. They had to fill another half hour. That is torture. Not only for the audience, for the hosts, I'm assuming, as well. You're coming coming along. Yeah, um, the first half hour was okay. Uh, And then I watched uh, a little bit of action, and I put my feet up on my, one of those things do you call, ottoman in front of your chair, and I watched my hockey team last night because I have not seen the Jets uninterrupted. Uh Uh-huh. I don't know, maybe this might be the first time this year. And they won big. They did. Yeah. I picked the right night to watch the good guys. Uh, and, you know, they won 5-2. But I just thought, you know what, it it's a perfect opportunity. Just watch your squad. You're 65 next month. Take it easy. Take a night off. And that's what I did. Well, and good I'm for glad. you. Yeah. Yes.
1: Good. You need those kind of nights. So tell me about the basketball game. I will tell you. After the exhibition game last week. You weren't very high on this, no. on this group. And the same caveat we had to throw in there yesterday with Green Bay. Okay, throwing the same with North, North Dakota, Dakota really they not suck. Good. Yeah. They're awful. Yeah, that's a bad basketball team. Yeah. Eli King, I thought Eli King was going to be a so guy who was going to help. He arrived with out. some hype, right? Yeah. I bought in. Yeah, <laughs> and, and you know, talking to people on the grassroots circuit, and and they said they thought he could compete. And yeah. he's not even good in North Dakota. But wow. that aside, mm-hmm. that team last night, and it helps when he hits shots, and they did early on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, it got going right away. Yes. Right? Yeah. Was it nine nothing? No, but I mean they, they were hitting threes early. Sanford hit three threes well, maybe early. Maybe that was on, the Iowa State game I'm thinking of. They were hitting shots, and it wasn't just Peyton. It was a bunch of guys. Right away, DeSante yeah. Bowen hits a three-pointer from the corner. He looked awful against Quincy. Mm-hmm. Awful, just careless turnovers. He doesn't turn it over last night. No, He looked like the point guard that Iowa... ...hopes he can be? ...and has been waiting for for 15 years. Since Bryce Cartwright basically departed. Jeez. Think of what they had. Mike Gassell never got to the heights you he thought a top 100 kid was going to get. Yeah, to. he good, was a good. good player. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, but but never not got there. Yep. He didn't get to yep. the all Big Ten type mm-hmm. of level. Jordan Bohannon, mm-hmm. love him, hate him, depends on. I, I'm in the I'm in the former category. Mm-hmm. I, I like Bohannon's career, but we know that there were limitations yeah, sure. to him. Yeah. And they've been searching and the miss on Eulis and just on and on and on for that point guard. And the reason I was always so excited about Desante Bowen. This was a guy, Fran knows how to evaluate talent. He's been incredibly good. This was a top 100 point guard that he identified right Dude, away. Are,
0: are we missing one or two? In uh, uh, who, who shared the backcourt with Gassell? Clement?
1: Uh, Clemens. Clemens, Clemens right. yeah. The, Sapp, yeah. And, and they were kind of dual point guards. Yeah, but yeah. it was basically 10 years of two point guards, and Gassell and Bohannon with six years of eligibility that he got. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. And then, yeah, a couple yeah. of pieces in between. But the desante Bowen. Somebody that Fran identified right away. This was the guy that can run, and he gets them. Bowen had good offers. He was a top 100 player, and then he just couldn't see the floor last year. And he just couldn't get out there a whole lot. And then I see that exhibition game. Oh, boy. It's more of the same. It's careless turnovers. It's not being able to hit open shots, get to the rim, and get blocked. I just The things that we saw a year ago, and the guy I saw last night was, I think, what the hope was. Somebody that Fran went after right away, finally got it at the point guard position, and he was really good. Owen Freeman is got going something to be, there, don't you? He's going to be a star. Yeah, I think got that dude there. is really good. He mm-hmm. is you know, that Iowa power forward guy that you think about when you came to the state back in the late nineties mm-hmm. or eighties, and and I watched growing up that Iowa power forward guy that just. Knows how to play the game. He is incredibly intelligent. Knows how to use his body. As he is he an uber-athlete? No, but he's a solid enough athlete. He can rebound. He can defend. He can do so many different things for you. He's going to be really, really good. It was... Tell compl- me about Harding. There's going to be nights he's unplayable. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's certain matchups defensively. He's going to get eaten a lot. Right. He's 160 pounds. Right. Yeah. He's he's little. Mm-hmm. He's a little guy. Mm-hmm. I mean, Out of place last night or no? No, no. Not at all. Yeah? This is another thing, though. You know, when we look at Iowa year after year, and you look at so many of those advanced metrics, doesn't matter if it's Ken Palm or Bartorvik, or uh, there's thousands of them out there now. And you always wonder, how is Iowa always higher in those kind of advanced metrics? It's games like last night. What Iowa has figured out, and Fran for years was terrible at scheduling in the non-conference, because in the old RPI system, you go out there and beat the tomato cans, and you beat six, seven of them. It'd kill your non-conference strength of schedule. With the new system, when you play these teams and you throttle them, it helps you immensely in those metrics. So when Iowa goes out and does that, it's not going out and winning a game by fifteen. You know, roll the ball out. You go out and win by thirty, forty points. That helps in the advanced metrics in the NCAA net. Those are huge things, and that's why year after year with this new system, I was. Been solidly in the tournament when their resume sometimes isn't that shiny, and it's the reason like games like that, not just beating bad teams. So Fran was ahead Uh, of schedule. He figured it out. (laughs) Credit to him. Yeah. Um, Did they cover? What did the game go off at? Twenty
0: nineteen. Yeah.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Jeez. Did they cover? They had it covered in the first half. They did. They're up twenty four. Wow. This team will be able to score with anybody as always, Uh because that's what Fran does. And Cricky was good. Cricky's good. He's going to be crafty. He is solid. He. It's a free team. I know it's one game. and Well, two with the exhibition. I think I was too low on this team. I still am not sure they're an NCAA tournament team. I still think that is too far. But I didn't even have them get them the NIT. I thought they are going to be like 18 and 16, probably on the outside looking in even for the NIT. I think they're going to be a bubble team. I think they're going to get there by February. That's awesome. And to do that after losing mm-hmm. three NBA draft picks the last three years. Yep. That's impressive. No, it is. This freshman class is good. Dembale, there's going to be moments.
0: He's going to be a kid that, um, I I, I get, Freeman's going to probably be the top of the marquee, right? But Dombali's going to, he's one of those glue guys on a roster, Mm -hmm. I think, before it's all said and done. Hit a couple
1: of three-pointers, look confident doing it, know about the athleticism, he can rebound, he's Mm -hmm. an athlete that Iowa has not had a ton of those type of guys. This freshman class is really good. Yeah, it's great. It's A freshman class that didn't wow you. Oh, you got four guys. That's the only reason you're ranked even like the top 30 recruiting rankings. Remember when that used to be such a big deal? Oh, God. Van Coleman. Oh,
0: absolutely.
1: He made his, I mean, he had a very comfortable living
0: doing is he still doing it? I think so, yeah. Is he really? Yeah, I think he's still around, yeah too. He's been doing it for a long time. And it was a huge deal. Yes, Cottage and it, Industry. And it's just
1: not the case uh-huh. anymore because of the transfer portal. And,
0: and because so many other people are doing it, and the ESPN.com got involved, mm-hmm. and all the big websites got involved, and yeah, Van Coleman made it
1: forever. It was one game against a bad team. huh. I was more impressed than I thought Good. I would be from this Iowa basketball team. Also watched you and I last night. And the Panthers battled back. They did not play very well in the first half. Getting Heisey back, though, that dude is a stud. Mm-hmm. Two years ago when we saw him the first time, oh, and he, yeah. was, he wasn't he was even an also-ran recruiter. He was just, oh, they got a kid from Minnesota and didn't have any other high, yeah. even mid-major offers. Like, what do they do? And he saw something right away. Like, he just knows how to play basketball, right? He is such a smart player. He was part of the comeback. They had opportunities. They had two shots in the final 10 seconds to win it. at they had of regulation, didn't get him to go down, and then... North Texas hit a couple of shots in OT that put it away, but Valiant come back down double digits. I was really impressed by them and their new big guy. So they got this big guy that hardly played at Loyola, and just all right, they needed help inside. He's solid. Is he's right? a good, good. MVC good. center. He's gonna be he's gonna be okay. Jacob Hudson is a kid's name. He's gonna be okay for them. He's a big body that they certainly need. He can rebound, and then you throw it around what they have in the perimeter. With Bourne, who didn't shoot it very well last night. Heise, who is an absolute stud. Anderson, stud. Duex, didn't play very well last night, but we saw what he he can can, a year ago. Landon Wolf, the kid from Cedar Falls, he had a really good game. He shot it well, though he had an open three that could have put it away in regulation. Overall, this Panther team, they're going to be in the mix. We wondered... If they were going to be up there with Drake, I think it is. I think they're going to be them. Those two, the in-states and Bradley, are going to be the three teams to watch this year in the NBC. Drake starts tonight, and that's got to be an ESPN Plus game. It is, yeah. 7 o'clock against Lipscomb.
0: Good, good, good. Yep, uh, Sean's not going to leave here and go right down there and do his thing at the NAP Center. So uh, good stuff. Hope he's got good parking. I'm sure he does. He better. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure he does. Uh, anyway, so that's the basketball from last night. So good uh, good on the Hawks getting that win and uh, unfortunate on the Panthers, but sounds like uh, they'll uh, learn from that
1: and maybe uh, move forward from it. One final note. Went two and two in my picks I handed out yesterday. I had you and I plus four and a half. What was. Uh, well,
0: it closed. It, it, what did it close at first? Four,
1: I think. Okay. Losing Go to overtime. overtime. Yeah. They, you hate those. Lose by six. I know. You I hate, hate them. just. I knew it was coming, too. Mm-hmm. As soon as those two shots didn't go down from the Panthers, there's something we can do about that. Can't you give me a little money it's back? It's kind of like when you
0: bet the total in, the, in a football game oh, and yeah. it goes to overtime. Right, yeah, yeah. You, you were on the right side,
1: at least mm-hmm. you thought you were, and all of a sudden you got no shot. Right. Or a team scores touchdown, you're getting three. Well, Right. And this thing in regulation? I knew, I knew I was cooked on that one. But we'll go right back to the well again here tonight. And, well, I had another frustrating beat at the end. That's another thing. When you're betting these crappy non-conference games... So I had St. John's last night, and they were cruising. They were up 22 with two minutes left. And then some chucker comes in and fires up a three. They missed a couple of free throws down the stretch. And then, with Uh. 18 seconds left, I'm going to get the cover. They are up 19. And they follow a jump shooter with 18 seconds oh left. God. St. John's does. Kid hits what both three throws. What
0: are you doing? They dribble it out
1: and don't get the cover on that uh, one. That's a tough one. Yeah.
0: Uh, you know what? They'll sing the anthem somewhere today, Trent. You'll be back in business. You know I will. Uh, three Maxion games tonight. The NBA's got a big slate tonight after they took the night off last night. I so. think everybody
1: plays in the NBA Do they? Tonight. Yeah. Because of last night? You know, the Timberwolves are starting to suck me in a little bit more. So did you see Anthony Edwards the
0: other day the, yeah. at the end of that game? Oh, my God. What a superstar he is, isn't he? Mm -hmm. Jesus, he's
1: something. They're playing defense, too, Trent. They are. And they're finding a way to get both those big guys to play together. I think they're going to be a little more part of the rotation this year. I think they're not just playoff good. There might be a little more there. Really? With Edwards, I, I think they can at least win a series. How about that? Is that... Kind of a safe way to say it. Yeah. They can get into the, the final eight, if you will. Get into the conference semifinals. I think this team has a chance. How's the buzz over this um, mid-season, or I guess not
0: mid-season, early season, a stoppage in play when they head to Las Vegas for that whatever it is that they're doing in December?
1: I uh, I heard the ratings both for ESPN and TNT Friday night were really good. Like, the NBA was really happy. Well,
0: what did they do? Because t- the um, the United Center... So we were at dinner on Friday Mm -hmm. night. uh, Before we
1: went, where where, where did I see the TV screen? But they did something to the floor. Every one of them. Every team, yeah, for these in-season tournament games. They basically made them bright colors, right? Yeah. And you're going to know, all right, this is one of the tournament games. When you see kind of one of these gaudy courts. So Some of them are good. Mm -hmm. A few of them are awful. And there's a couple in between. But, yeah, that's something that they do. And it it popped. Now, there was one game I was watching the highlights Friday night. And it was hard to even see the players because the court was so gaudy. Their uniforms just blended in. It had to be the Bulls trend because I could hardly see. It was, it was rough on the eyes a uh-huh. couple of different times. A couple of the highlights that I saw, but ratings are up. They're good with it, and you know it's that time. It's that second week in December. We have Army Navy. Mm-hmm, that's it. We get a little college basketball. Yeah, but but it's finals. But the Thanksgiving tournaments are over. Uh-huh. There just isn't a ton going that's on. That's true. It's going to be Bowls something... haven't think, started yet? Yeah, I think And it's, it's in Las Vegas. Right. This is going to be something mm-hmm. I think that's going to work. Now, what is it going to mean, ultimately, for the team that wins it? No, over in Europe for soccer. Yeah, that's you're not going to have a parade. <laughs> but, is the NBA going to push? Hey, let's make this a real celebration. Because they want this thing. This is going to be a part of a separate package when they get the NBA gets their new rights deal here the next year. This is going to be its own entity. And they'll sell it to a streamer, or they'll sell it off to... Whatever entity, this is going to Whoever be wins place. this, will they have the audacity and the gall to hang a banner in their. Building? I, think, I think the NBA is going to want it really? because they're trying to make this a big thing. And they're trying to make it something that is sellable, something to. But will the fan base it? buy that? Because you, you, you win your championship in June. But right now, it's not about us, it's about that next generation. That's difficult to get them to sit down and watch a game. And if there was something where you get, and you get hooks into a 10, 12, 15-year-old kid, and all of a sudden when they're in their 30s and they got a little buying power, yeah, oh yeah, the cup's coming up. The (laughs) in-season cup, whatever they ultimately call this thing. And I remember when they won, when I was 10. And that's how I became, that's what it's more about. It's not for you and me. It's not. It's about the future. And, well, it's always about money. That's also a big part of it here. But I think that's what this is, is finding a different way to get interest early in the season when... There just isn't a whole lot for the NBA.
0: No, there's not. It's a long, long season. That's why, you know, the load management became a thing. Guys taking nights off. Uh, we'll see. Uh, both uh, both programs had their uh, immediate press conferences yesterday in Ames and in Iowa City. Ferentz and Campbell met, players met. Anything come of that other than, you know, trying to... Understand what Matt Campbell's actually saying, right? Yeah. Like, you listened to him last week, uh, before the Kansas game, and there's probably not gonna see Jeremiah Cooper. At least that was the takeaway. I think there's a chance he plays this week because Trent, they need him. They absolutely. In the worst do. way. Blake yeah. Thompson was a significant drop off, uh, between, uh, what Cooper brings to the field and what, uh, Thompson. And maybe that's unfair. It was his first start. I get that. And, and he, I'm sure he'll improve, but boy, oh boy, they picked on him picked on him in a big way. So that was one of my takeaways uh, from uh, from Iowa State as far as Iowa. Oh, the other thing that came out of the Iowa State, Jamie Pollard is not going to sell beer at Jack Trice Stadium or Hilton. He is dead against it. I don't get it. Is he a teetotaler? No. I, well, I don't know. I guess yeah. I don't know. I don't claim to know the man. I don't. Um, I, don't under, I don't understand it. Every single year, more and more schools. Look, Colorado's been selling it since the 90s. Yeah. All of these schools that have come on board, have you seen? I mean, social media is a pretty big deal now. If there was a a, a massive, whatever, you know, drunk brawl or something from people buying beer in this state, we'd have known about it. I don't think that there's been a lot of problems. Here's my thought. He's a pencil pusher is mm-hmm. what he is. That's why he made his life. I mean, he's very good at that. He's very good at the bottom line for Iowa State. I give him credit. Um, his insurance premium is going to go up. Okay. Because if you're selling beer in the stadium, mm-hmm. you one would have to assume that whatever it is, it's going to be two or three times that. And I'm guessing he doesn't, want, doesn't like that part of it. And I think that he's protecting the Cup Center. Yeah. Uh, heaven forbid the unwashed get a chance to drink beer. <laughs> right, exactly. With
1: you know, the elites get that. That's it's for a, the elites. It's a bad look, though, isn't it's it? It's a terrible look. Yeah, for the 95% yes. of the fan base that don't have either the means or the want to get into that. And I don't believe him when he says this. I don't believe him um, when he says that season
0: ticket holders tell him, no, we don't want everybody to have access to beer. You know what? Get over yourselves. I, I don't buy that at all. I don't buy it at all. You're leaving money. And for a guy who is a pencil pusher, as he is, he's leaving money on the table. So
1: what's behind it? There feels like it's something deeper. I think it's an over my dead body scenario with him. I think somebody I saw a number recently. It's like seventy five percent now of power conference teams allow beer inside uh-huh. football stadiums. And how quickly that changed. Well, after you mentioned Colorado, I think Minnesota was the first Big Ten team to do it. About a decade ago, yeah, that it's, it's about been right. relatively, yeah. uh, relatively
0: recent. But then once they start, it's kind of like marijuana in the states, right? You know, Ohio went yesterday. They got it figured out. They got it figured out. They're up into their twenties now. But it, but it seems like once the first one started to fall, like a Minnesota, mm-hmm. then bang, bang, boom, and it's I don't know what the
1: what, what's Iowa making from selling <laughs> say it's a co- couple hundred thousand, couple hundred thousand, you know. Everything helps the bottom line.
0: Everything helps. And as much of a bottom line as he was forever, uh, he's.
2: Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Leaving money on the
0: table, but boy, is he ever against that. Uh, that was on Murph and Andy's show yesterday. That did not come at a press conference, as far as I know. Um, I know for sure it was on Murph and Andy's show. And you can hear, you can find the podcast at kxno.com if you want to hear for yourself. But he is just Bound and determined uh, that that's never going to happen under his watch. So uh, that was uh, that was my Iowa State takeaway. Sounds like Cooper's close. Fingers crossed he can play uh, because if Iowa State's going to get the six, boy, you'd sure like to get this done on Saturday night, wouldn't you? Oh, boy. Not have to worry about it against Texas. Not have to worry about against K-State. So we'll see. As far as Iowa, yesterday, Takeaway there, and we got to get to break because we got to get to our NFL segment. It sounds like this offensive line is really, yeah, banged really up. banged
1: up. Yeah, they are, aren't they? Now Ellsbury, I think, and he's a guy. Didn't we like him a little bit last year? I he don't was, recall. He was okay. Okay, which was a step forward certainly for that offensive line last year. It's <laughs> true. We were looking for somebody who was right. just okay. Yeah, he's okay. Yeah, <laughs> okay, he's, you can play that. Yeah, you're the best. <laughs> yeah. Um, and the Noah Shannon situation. Come on, it's not going to happen, is it's it not? They just keep kicking that can down the road. It's disgusting. Yeah. It really is. Yeah. This was going to be last week. They've amended the rules. Right. They've amended the rules. Right. And for the two players that actually could get back on the field, Mm -hmm. they're not going to allow it to happen. Asinine. Uh, It is. I
0: agree. All right. Time for another, time for your first, at least with us, opportunity to claim some NIL money here today. Head to KXNO.com right now. Since you're there, you can enter this nationwide contest. The keyword is Cash. Cash. At KXNO.com, your chance to win $1,000 cash at KXNO.com. We'll take a look at a couple of the regional teams. The Chiefs with Nick Athen. The Packers with Dave Sinekin. That's next. Scott Dockerman on the Hawks at 1145. Miller & Condon, Des Moines Sports Station. 106.3. Bets off. Hi, Miller & Condon. Welcome back to Des Moines Sports Station. 106.3 KXNO. Time to talk to a couple of our regional teams. Packers with Dave Sinekin. Boy, I'm not sure how many conversations we have left with Sinekin. It's running low. Three and five teams. They are a bad team. Um, This team is not bad, though. They're not. They're the defending champions, and they are currently the one seed in the AFC. Here we go again. Nick Athen, Chiefs Blitz, joins us. Nick, Trent, and Ken. Uh, Is this team as good, not as good, or better than last year's team midway through the season?
3: Definitely better because of the defense. I mean, I think that if you just look at the where they stand now, and it was about this time when the defense kind of started to kind of fight its way uh, for them to be this consistent after nine games. We talk about this every week, and it's still mind-blowing. This is a top three defense, and you know, I, think it, I think this is the best team Andy's had. Um, may not be the most superstars, uh, but collectively, I think it, it's better than last year's team, and obviously, the you know the big uh, the big monkey in the room is, hey, you know are they gonna be able to fix the offense and I don't have any doubt at some point they're gonna they're gonna fix it
1: well, this defense is playing at a high level. <clears throat> what a weird game though it was Sunday, and it's in Germany, and it's twenty one nothing and I mean just and then the way the whole thing played out, it just it struck me as odd did you, did you walk away feeling like you learned a whole lot from either team because I don't think I did.
3: Well, I think I learned. I think I learned that the Dolphins are going to struggle against good defenses and teams that can punch back. Um, I, I'm, I I think Tua is a really good quarterback, but you know, I think if Russell Wilson was on this Dolphins team, I think they'd be. I think God, I wish he was. <laughs> you know, I know, I know you do, but I mean, I think the problem with Tua is, you know, he, the the defenders knew where the ball was going. I mean, there were very yeah. few times where he looked off the, the primary receiver and threw to the secondary and third. Now, he did it a few times. But, um, you know, that, that defensive play with Tyreek Hill, that was one of the greatest defensive plays I've ever seen. And I'm thinking like you, 21 to nothing. The Chiefs going to come out and score a couple touchdowns. But, hey, the Dolphins kind of just shut the door defensively. Andy Reid made a few bonehead calls. Patrick Mahomes missed a few open people. kind of reminded me of the second half of the Bengals' uh, AFC title game. And, you know, I, I thought, what did we learn? We learned that this Chief defense, no matter what they face, they're more than likely going to come through nine times out of ten. And with the offense, they're showing in spurts what they can do. It's just they have to be consistent. But, you know, I, I, I think, you know, a lot of people are complaining. I mean, they're 7-2. They're top <laughs> the AFC. The, the, the AFC is better this year than it was a year ago. It's deeper. It's yeah. deeper, and now you you go nine you go 19 deep, maybe you know maybe 10 on any given Sunday, and that hasn't happened before. And you see, you know, you look at the playoff picture today, and the entire AFC North is in the postseason. Yeah, it's just it's just this is a weird year. But I think for Chiefs fans, if you're frustrated with the offense, there's a lot of really good defenses this year. The defenses are starting to make a, a comeback, where the offense was always the show. But all these teams that are in contention, they've got pretty solid defenses, and the teams that are on the fringe have good defenses as well. So I don't think I don't think people should be upset where the Chiefs are sitting right now.
0: I'm looking at the rest of their schedule. They've really got what three difficult games. <clears throat> Monday night when they come back, they got to uh, they host Philadelphia. So the Eagles got to come to Arrowhead. That's no picnic. So do the Bills. They have to come to Arrowhead. That's that'll be a good game. And the Bengals have to. Good for God's sakes, do they play anybody with a pulse on the
3: road? (laughs) This is great. I mean, the way I mean, and the Dolphins were the home game. They would have had all four of those at home if not for moving the game to Frankfurt, Germany. But you know, last year the Chiefs had to go on the road to, to, to face you know a lot of these teams. So. You know they had to go to they had to go to Cincy and now it's the return trip and the, for some reason the schedule and the Bills at the Chiefs seems like it's almost an every year process but it does shift next year uh, the Chiefs will play at, at at Buffalo but you're right I mean the schedule kind of works out for them I mean, they got the Raiders twice and you know we don't know which Raiders teams are going to show up the Packers are struggling the Patriots God, who knows maybe Bill Belichick's expired by then um, you know but the there's a rumor teams, yeah that's the rumor yeah but you know I think i think the schedule has been fortunate for the chiefs up until the dolphins game to kind of work and tweak and and kind of go through a, you know eight scrimmages before they face the dolphins that's what i feel like now the meat of the schedule comes up if they want to remain the number one seed they've got to play well and they've got a they got to do the against the eagles now you know Goddard's going to be out and that's a huge chunk of, of, of their offensive formations and a really big playmaker that's that they they utilize quite a bit, so that's gonna that's gonna put them back just a little bit. They're both on the bye week, so they're gonna be fresh. Um, it is, I think, the game of the year uh, so far, um, at least from a national perspective. It's gonna be a it's gonna be great. And what we do know is Taylor Swift, but Taylor Swift will not be there. Uh, she'll be doing concerts, so we're not gonna have to deal with that. But uh, uh, the schedule favors the Chiefs, I think. Majority of these tough games are gonna be at home.
1: Sets up pretty well for them. What do you need to see here in the back half? You're normally, <laughs> Nick, talking to you throughout the years, optimistic about your team and about what the Chiefs are going to be able to do. What do you still need to see in the back half of the year to have you fully confident come January?
3: If if if, if I'm Steve Spagnuolo, I don't change anything on defense. You know, Nick Bolton will be back in three weeks, and they're going to have their entire defensive unit. Just, just keep doing what you're doing. Be aggressive, blitz. Offensively, I think Andy Reid and Matt Nagy need to, he just shrink the wide receiver room. You know, Sky Moore, Kadarius Tony, Rasheed Rice, and Watson should be the primary guys. MVS. He's just so disappointing to watch. And I think he just has to give these guys more reps and continual reps. You know, put them out for a full series and and don't don't do all these makeshift. You know, okay, this wide receiver is with this wide receiver. We want to get this guy. Now, put your best receivers on the field. And right now, that's for She Rice and, and Watson. Those are the Chiefs' two best receivers. Those are the two guys you can count on along with Travis Kelsey, because if they don't get some consistency, then teams are going to continue to triple team Travis Kelsey. So for me, I want to see I want to see uh, a better play calling in short yards, and I want to see a reduced role for some of these wide receivers that are kind of struggling and try and get your group
0: set for the postseason. Nick Atherton, dot com. Thank you, Nick. Appreciate it.
3: All right, guys. Talk to you soon.
0: Yeah, good to talk to you. From the Chiefs, let's go to the NFC North, and the Green Bay Packers are back in the win column after they beat the Rams. It's off to Pittsburgh this week. Uh, Dave Sinek and com joins us. Dave, Trent, and Ken, thank you for coming on. Appreciate that. So uh, good for the home folks to get a win and. uh I mean, they had a lot of them over the years, but it was starting to you know, bit of, a little bit, a bit of a, a period of time between wins at Lambeau. Uh, they righted that ship last week. Good to see them find the win column again.
2: Yeah. Uh, Ken, good to be on with you guys. Yeah, I mean, that was a game they obviously had to have, uh, looking at the schedule coming up, the four-game losing streak and, and facing a team that was without Matthew Stafford. It, just, it was a game that Green Bay's defense needed to rise up, even missing a number of key guys. Uh, They had to contain that team, and they did that. And the offense was uh, actually hand the ball to Aaron Jones 20 times and uh, moved the ball on the ground a little bit. Uh, Jordan Love had the kind of second half, 12 for 13, that I think might quiet his critics Mm -hmm. for just a little while. But, yeah, it was a much-needed win for the pack and uh, sort of righted the ship at least for a little while.
1: Christian Watson's been banged up again after being banged up Last year, you hate to throw the baby out with the bathwater here, but is this a regrettable pick here a season and a half into his career?
2: Well, you know, again, it's still early, and I'm I'm not ready to throw him away, but it it doesn't look good. It's not trending in the right direction. He was only targeted two times in the entire game, and one was the deep shot that Love underthrew him. He got open, and he did make a really nice contested 30-something-yard catch um late in the game that was big but as you said he came down injured and that's sort of been his his storyline so far as you can't stay on the field so it might be either one of those guys that is a wasted pick or a guy that just needs a little more time to figure things out unfortunately he's playing for a team that didn't have a whole lot of time so it's it's not the ideal situation that whole pass catching group is underperformed as a unit which kind of stunts the development of jordan love
0: uh, three and five uh, this week, uh, off to Pittsburgh this week. What's it going to take? Back half the schedule. Do they need to – I mean, what do you think they have to get to? Will nine and eight get them in, do you think?
2: That's well, six think and three. A, <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, the seventh spot is wide open. I think the first yeah. six spots seem to be spoken for. And the Vikings, you know, if Josh Dobbs can really light them up, maybe they'll they'll be in play for a nine or ten-win season. Yeah, it might. I don't. I don't see Green Bay getting to nine wins. I'd be very surprised if they are able to win what six more games the rest of the way. I mean, the next four weeks, guys. You're at Pittsburgh. You got the Chargers yep. at home. You're at the Lions yep. on Thanksgiving, and then Taylor Swift comes to town the following <laughs> week on Sunday night. So uh, they might put another four game slide together here. And again, nice. I I'd love to see this team continue to win and surprise. But I, I just want to see growth week to week. This year is really about next year. Uh, as hard as that is for a lot of Packer fans mm-hmm. in the stomach. But I, I really think this is more of a transition evaluation year. And watch guys like your guy, Anthony Johnson, who got his first Saw that.
0: Good for him. yep
2: last week and got an interception off a tip ball from Jair Alexander and a secondary that was featuring a seventh-round pick, two seventh-round picks, Jeez. in uh, Carrington Valentine from Kentucky, who was lights out at cornerback replacing Rasul Douglas. And Anthony Johnson stepping in, as you guys know, a four-year mm-hmm. corner just one year of safety, he admitted he's still learning how to play in a position, and there he was being asked to make sure that Cooper Cup and Puka Nakua didn't get past him. So, uh, encouraging signs from a young secondary and and they played 13 rookies last week, and that's going to kind of be the way it goes this year, and so, yeah, I mean, can they get the seventh spot? Yes. Will they? I can't imagine it, but we'll keep trying to stack W's together either way.
0: Just real quick on the schedule, Uh, you mentioned the next four. They are incredibly difficult, but then... I mean, at Giants home to Tampa, at Carolina, at Minnesota home to the Bears, might be favored in what? Other than going to uh, the home, the game um, in in Minneapolis, they might be favored in the other four.
2: Yeah, they might, but they could be three and nine before yeah, that stretch starts, or true. even yeah. even four and eight. So, yeah, yeah I, I you know, if we're looking at who's going to be the lucky team to be the two seed and and face San Francisco or whatever that might be, I. I'm not that excited about, about that. <laughs> yeah. uh, I'd rather be, uh, you know, in December saying, remember back in October when everybody was wondering whether Jordan Love was the answer? Wasn't mm-hmm. that funny? Yeah, I'd rather be answering those kind of questions than worrying about can we sneak into the seventh spot. You know, having that sixth or seventh draft pick and yep. and picking one of the top two tackles off the board, That might be a little bit more appealing for me as I look at the big picture.
0: No, understandable. Dave Sinekin, ZoneCoverage.com. ZoneCoverage.com for Dave Sinekin, KFAN on Saturday and Sunday mornings, but Packer Preview goes uh, Sunday morning. Dave, thank you as always. Appreciate you coming on. My pleasure, guys. Have a good week. Yeah, good to talk to you. Dave Sinican, uh zone coverage as we take a look at a couple of the regionals. We'll take a look at the Iowa Hawkeyes next with Scott and He covers them for the Athletic. Uh, Doc's next. It's Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3. <laughs> Coming up on ten minutes before noon. Let's get right to Scott Docterman, covers the Hawkeyes and the Big Ten uh, for the uh, Athletic, and Doc joins us. Doc Trent and Ken, thank you for coming on, Scott. How are you? I'm doing well, guys. How are you today? Doing well. How was your Wrigley Field experience?
4: I loved it. I thought it was fantastic. I uh, I would love to see a game there frequently. Yeah. It's... I just think uh, you know the the Wrigleyville area. Yep. Was amazing you know just filled with Iowa fans everywhere and and just uh kind of a it was just kind of like a big weekend of baseball except kind of on steroids because of the the Iowa component
1: so your latest article today up at the athletic talking about candidates for the next offensive coordinator and and your lead your opener for the story just blew me back in just over two weeks Regular season's going to be over. It's unbelievable. It it may be very melancholy, and I'm sure the same for you, Doc, though it's a busy time of year for you, I know. That one was a little difficult to swallow, but we're coming up to the end here. Kirk Ferentz a week ago in the press conference, you could tell he was uncomfortable, he was frustrated, he was angry, all those different things. Yesterday, a much different kind of tone. If you got a quiet moment, and a real moment with Kirk, do you believe that he isn't giving any thought about eventually what they're going to do with this offense starting at the end of the regular season.
4: I don't know that he is giving him much thought. Here's why. I mean, not only because they still have a lot to play for this year yeah. and they're so limited that I'm not so sure that he's uh, thinking ahead too much. And plus we're talking about, he's being forced to replace his son, his offensive coordinator. So I don't think he's, uh, you know, maybe I will not say giddy, but you know how a lot of times if you're starting to look ahead, if you know somebody's gonna leave, it's like okay, we well, need to make some changes here. Well, he was ordered to make changes, and then of course fire his son. So I think that's uh, that's probably pretty different. So, but but that said, you've got to be you've got to think ahead fairly soon because you can't just decide I'm gonna wait till the end of. Uh, the bowl season, no. before I start to look, because then can- good candidates will go. That's right. And then you look at the transfer portal, and uh, you might lose a couple of players uh, on your own roster, and then um, for other teams that normally might be interested in Iowa.
0: No, you hit the nail on the head, Doc. I couldn't agree with you more. So the names that you put out there, um, I-, I guess... Paul Chris would be the guy that, to me, that makes. I don't know. Does he make more sense than John Budmeyer? I, I guess Chris, because of the head coaching experience, the Big Ten West, dot dot dot. Um, what's the likelihood? Do you think that is, is Chris a legitimate candidate in your mind? Could you see Ferentz calling uh, Paul Chris or his representatives to 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 bring those two together?
4: I do. I think that is a legitimate one. I mean, you look; his nephew is a is an analyst at Iowa and. Um, you know, he's out of the game for a year. I don't know who would want to hire him necessarily to be a head coach, maybe a max school or something like that. But, but I think in some ways, you know, for Paul, Chris, he'd have the opportunity to play against Wisconsin every year. Um, you'd be back in the big 10 where he does know the scene really well. And, you know, the one thing is his philosophy and that, that of Kirk parents are really comparable. They believe in the, in the ground game, uh, you know, they have different styles, um, but it hasn't, it's not that different. And then you, you also throw on the fact that, uh, he is a former head coach. There's a lot of respect there. There always been respect between those two programs. And I think, uh, uh, you know, on the other side is if, if you have somebody that's maybe younger, that hasn't done it, or doesn't under, doesn't quite get the philosophy, then maybe Kirk Ferentz would really inter, interject himself into those mm. conversations. Whereas with Paul Christ, you know, he, he was five and two against Iowa when he was at Wisconsin. He might get the benefit of the doubt more often than not when it comes to whether it's game
2: uh,
4: you know, game coordination and or play calling.
1: Doc, uh, reading through your list of five, there's nothing overwhelming about the list, and it's not a knock on you. It's also the reality. It is highly unlikely you see somebody from either outside the tree or just somebody that would be, I guess, a big-time hire. I mean, what would it take? What would it take for Kirk to, to become uncomfortable? I'm going to give it one more go, Kirk, 4.0, whatever it is. So we're at now. <laughs> yeah, what, what would be the likelihood, though, that he would go far outside of his comfort zone?
4: very unlikely he's 68 years old and you mm. just don't do that at that age and you know and, and his uh you know i would say greg davis was probably about as far outside the box that he would probably go he had a different passing system and and uh it didn't really mesh very well i would say with what iowa likes to do so overall i'm i i don't see it happening i i think that's why I listed the people that I did, and even on the list, I probably would say there's only two or three that I would really classify as legitimate consideration. And and it's because we want these new ideas, these different thoughts and everything, whether it's zone read or it's spread concepts or, you know, it's just not going to happen with him, <laughs> you know? So I'm not going to put it out there and have everybody get excited, and then all of a sudden, it's, <laughs> Yeah, it's a uh, John Budmeier or, or it's Paul Christ, you know, somebody yeah. that's really close to what the philosophy is. So that's really, I mean, I would probably say those two are probably the two that I would say is most likely. Um, David Ray is interesting to me because he has mm-hmm. g at Iowa, quarterback at Iowa, he's worked with different positions, and, and maybe he would be somebody, if it's not an offensive coordinator, maybe like a wide receivers coach. That's kind of the area that they need to go
0: into. Uh, Cooper DeGene took the field. You know, I could tell watching it on TV that the place got pretty jacked up when he came out there, and people realized that. Wait a second, number three's on the field, and he's uh, you, you know, and and the offense is still out there. Uh, what's the likelihood there's more of this to come, Doc?
4: Oh, it has to be. That would be a real tease to the fan base to do it in chicago and then never do it again right (laughs) i mean if you're going to do it if you're going to do it this weekend the weekend because you've got two of the you know two of the what three teams nationally that complete less than 50 percent of their passes (laughs) um you know i think cooper they could survive cooper not playing as much on defense or um moving him more to offense this week as opposed to not so uh, that would be, <laughs> that would be awfully tough. It's like, oh yeah, we're just going to show two plays in Chicago and that's it there. But, but uh, yeah, I, I felt like they needed to call a timeout so I could process this, that. Uh, Super <laughs> Dijon is
1: actually on the field. So the biggest moment of the game before the walk off, basically winner from Drew Stevens was the play, the pass up the left side as they were able to find Caleb Brown out there. He was out there because Deontay B- Vines was banged up, and he made a play. We know he got to practice well to play. For Kirk Ferentz. That's something that we've certainly grown accustomed to over the last quarter century. However, when you get opportunities, you also have to strike when you get those opportunities. Are we going to see the handcuffs off? Are we going to see a little bit more Caleb Brown now Now that he actually went out there and made a play?
4: Well, that certainly doesn't hurt. I mean, you know, he, he'd struggled. He'd had a couple of moments that doesn't work well in the Kirk Ferentz land. Um, earlier this year um, and, and that's what kind of prevented him from getting on the field. But he, when he got out there, he made the most of his opportunity. So now comes the next step, you know, when can he do it again? And, and whether it's uh, you know, I, I think he's clearly among the top four, he did have that in his snaps early in the year. And I, I would expect that to be the case depending on how much uh, Cooper DeJean plays. But I, I think to be able to do it and then to stretch for more yards and, I think was you know huge for him and his confidence, the, the coach's confidence in him, and then uh, the next step maybe in the passing game, which is maybe complete a couple of those passes.
0: Doc, uh, fair to say that the offensive line uh, is taking some hits. This is a pretty banged up uh, group.
4: No question. Yeah, I mean they they lost uh, three of their starters within the first quarter last week, and and I don't know how. You know, how much it inhibited them, I would say, uh, you know, Tyler Ellsbury seemed to look pretty decent. Mm-hmm. I thought, uh, Nick DeYoung didn't look out of place. Both Stevens got hurt significantly late in the game, and now you've got a true freshman that may be entering the, the depth chart. So, um, you know, every typically this time of year, all the linemen are pretty banged up, but. In Iowa's case, it's a little more severe, so we'll see how much they can get through. If they get a play, or if they're going to sit out, or if they're going to rotate, um, we'll know more probably on Saturday. A lot of times with these injuries in this time of year, it's just more of a matter of um, how do they get, how do they look closer to kickoff as opposed to throughout the, uh, especially early in
1: the week. Doc, the Noah Shannon situation—we don't have any word. Is he going to play another game? In, in your estimation, another game in a Hawkeye uniform?
4: <laughs> you're, you're asking me to interpret something that I don't know the answer to here. Uh, If the NCAA says yes, then he'll play. If it says no, then he won't. I mean, that's really, I mean, what it comes down to. I mean, this afternoon that the the council meets and and there there should be a, you know, whether it's him and Deshaun Hanika from Iowa State are the two that mm-hmm. really their careers are in the balance, for, at least for this year and. Um, it would, you know, I, I just think it would be incredibly unfair to allow them to come out with the statements they did last week and then to, um, just allow them to practice and they postponed the last vote two weeks ago and then to come out and today and not allow it to happen. It would be really, really unfair to both of those young men. I mean, to get their hopes up, to allow them mm. to practice, to think that's going to happen. It was bad enough two weeks ago, but if they do it again and they lose the season, that's just that's grossly unfair. I don't I don't think that's anything that should happen. Uh, so I would say yes. Uh,
0: last thing for me, we are running out of time here. Uh, what did uh, Ferrans have to say about uh, this week's opponent, Rutgers?
4: Well, there's a lot of things to say that he liked, and and I think what he saw was Greg Gravesiano put together a pretty good plan, and and he's executing it well. I mean, uh, to get six wins at a place like Rutgers, that. Uh, you know, before he got there, was an absolute wasteland. I mean, they were outscored. Yep. I want to say in the neighborhood of forty-nine to four in a three-year period. I mean, it was unreal. Uh, so to be able to put himself in this position and and be a very physical opponent, and and they play pretty hard. I I think uh, he expects it to be a a really physical game, a lot like the others. And and so he had a lot of glowing praise for the for the Scarlet Knights.
0: Good stuff, Scott Dockerman. What have you got coming up at the Athletic between now and game day that you'd like to promote?
4: Yeah, I'm writing a uh, a story, a retrospective piece on the Magic Bus. Oh yes. a tailgating uh spot in Iowa City. So I went out and saw the Magic Bus the other day it's <laughs> near Grinnell and uh and yeah, it's it's kind of this uh it's it's a it's a long story but it's going to be fun it is fun to write so far
0: good stuff looking forward to reading it thank you doc have a great week we'll talk to you on monday appreciate it doc all right thanks guys thank but you see. scott doctorman
1: uh from the athletic the magic bus are you familiar with trent you have you been on the bus i have made my way over to the bus in my younger years yeah. and had a very good time Good
0: stuff. Can't wait to read it. Uh, Scott Dockerman from The Athletic on the Hawks. Hour 2 begins with Alec Bussey on the Cyclones. David Kaplan on the Cubs in Chicago sports. That's next. It's Miller and Condon on 106.3 KM.